Welcome back to our weekly episode of Chronicles Unleashed, where we bring you tales of life, love, and human error. Our characters, fictitious and the real, suffer from the trauma of their drama and then struggle to rise above it. Hello, Faithful. We're here with part two of the Red Box. Remember in part one, Tima received a mysterious red box from her gravely ill mother. The Red Box, part two. Tima quietly knocked on the door of her parents' room and getting no answer, she entered tentatively. She placed the box on the chair and approached the head of the bed and called out, Mama? When her mother didn't answer, she touched her hands. They were very still and slightly cool. Her eyes stared into the distance. As Tima stroked her mother's hair, tears blurred her vision. Dorothy Jean Littleton had gone to glory. The funeral was scheduled quickly and was well attended. In death, Dorothy accomplished what she had in life as her family honored all of her requests. To everyone's surprise, even though Faye took the lead, Tima was helpful where she could be and quiet when she needed to be. Even LJ stayed sober for the funeral, although he faltered toward the end of the repast. It was the twins who acted differently. While they supported Felix, they were distant. After the repast, they briefly huddled in a corner near the sanctuary. LJ is clearly in no condition to drive, Frenchie whispered. I know, I know, I'll take him home, Frenchie Franco answered. I wish he and Inez would get back together again. She was the best thing for him, and Mama loved her. They were silent for a moment, and then Frenchie said, I can't believe Mama's gone. Now we'll never know the truth. What if it's a mistake? Frenchie asked. DNA does not lie, Franco reminded her. But it says we are related to Daddy, but he's not our father. None of our relatives are listed as our father either, Frenchie continued. Yeah, at least none of the relatives that are on Ancestry.com. Frenchie, it's a can of worms. We don't need to open this can. Remember, Daddy's will clearly says that everything he has will be split between his children equally. I think we ought to leave it alone and get on with the business of living, Franco said. Ah, I've forgotten about that. Maybe you're right. Maybe we should just let it go and hope that the others don't say anything, Frenchie acknowledged. As the two joined the rest of the family, they wondered how a God-fearing woman that they knew as their mother could be anything other than righteous. Three months later, after Tima completed a site visit of one of her centers close to her house, she stopped at home to check on her father and bring him an early lunch. Several neighbors had reported that they rang the bell, but he never answered. She turned the key in the lock and called out, Dad? No answer. She walked into the kitchen and called him again. That you, Tima? She heaved a sigh of relief when she saw him sitting at the table. Dad, people have been ringing the bell and you haven't answered the door. Didn't you hear the bell? Heard it, didn't want to answer it. Every widow within 20 miles has bought me a casserole. Don't want to talk to them and I don't want their food. Tima smiled. Got it. Well, do you want to talk to me? I came with some crab cake, sweet potato fries, and coleslaw from the harbor. Now, Fatima Dorothy Littleton Sykes, I always want to talk to you, and I never turned down a crab cake, he said as he kissed and hugged her. 
She seemed surprisingly cheerful. She placed the food on two plates of her parents' china and poured the lemonade into two crystal wine glasses. Tima proudly set the table. Felix looked at her admiringly. You know, your mother used to say that we were saving that set for company. I'm glad you decided to keep that set and that we're using them because I think you're pretty special. Tima felt herself tear up. Funny, I was thinking that same thing about you when I took those dishes off the shelf. I want to thank you and Nolan for taking your mother and me in. You made us feel wanted, like we belong, Felix said. Dad, we love you and we wouldn't have it any other way. I thank you for always being there for us, Tima said. Then they had prayer and began to eat. I see you have that photo album out again, Dad, Tima remarked. Well, I keep looking at the photo albums, remembering what we did, playing it back like an old movie. I guess I was trying to make those old pictures come alive as I remembered them. I miss your mama. We found out she was pregnant right before the Marines sent me overseas, and when I got back, LJ was here. Your mother and I celebrated my homecoming in every way we could, and shortly after, we discovered fate was on the way. She was born the day after New Year. And we were still celebrating when you came along that same year on Christmas. Dad, was, was I adopted? She wanted to ask him if she was his daughter, but couldn't muster up the nerve. She was the only one who looked exactly like her mother. The rest of her siblings looked like her father's side of the family. The family joke was that she was Dorothy's clone, and every time someone bought up Ancestry.com, her parents bristled. Adopted? No, you look just like your mama. Why would you think that, he asked, as if he knew the question she really wanted to ask. It, it, it's just that they and I are only 11 months apart, and, and my birth certificate was the only one that was not in the family file, so I thought there might be, there might be a reason, Tima stammered. Her explanation sounded ridiculous when she said it out loud, but in her heart it made sense. Girl, you're going to break your leg jumping to the wrong conclusions. Now bring me down that box of Christmas stockings from the attic. Tima looked at him strangely and wondered what Christmas decorations had to do with her birth certificate. Nonetheless, she followed his instructions. She returned with the box and Felix pulled out her mother's Christmas stocking and handed it to her. Take out what's in there, he said. Tima obeyed and was shocked to find her birth certificate. It indicated that Dorothy and Felix were her parents, but we wanted to wait two years. God just blessed us earlier. Every year at Christmas Eve at 11.55 sharp, we get a glass of wine and take your birth certificate out of your mother's Christmas stocking. By 12.05 a.m. Christmas Day, the exact time you were born, we'd have a toast to the best Christmas gift we ever received, Felix explained. All she could manage to say was, Oh, in her whole life, Tima had never known that her parents felt that way about her. Felix hugged her so tightly they could feel each other's heartbeats. He pulled back from her, held her arms, looked at her and said directly, Baby? I know you're in the middle of our family, but to your mama and me, you have always been first rate. You're the strongest and most independent child we raised. I'm proud of you, and so was your mother. T 
Fatima cried in her father's arms, overwhelmed by her parents' tradition of celebrating her life. She missed her mother. There were so many things she should have said, so many conversations she wished they'd had. A month before her death, Tima and her mother had a long discussion. It was the best talk they'd ever had. Now, as she mentally replayed it, she better understood what her mother was trying to tell her. She sat up and said, Dad, remember that box you gave me? Yes, your mother said to give it to you, and she said you'd know what to do with it. I, I was surprised you didn't bring it up when we were dividing up your mama's belongings. Have you opened it? Felix asked. Not yet. Opening it would seem so final, Tima confessed. It is final, Tima. She's gone, and that's all to it, he said softly. I've always dreaded receiving that box. Mama told me you'd give it to me upon her death. Felix looked shocked. So the day she died, when I gave you that box, you you went upstairs to look in on her because you thought she was... Tima nodded her head before he could finish. Dad, do you know what's in the box? No. Your mother told me it was a matter that she wanted you to deal with. Felix explained. I, I, I just have to find the right time. Of course, and only you will know when that is, Felix told her. Dad, a familiar voice interrupted their moment. Thank God you're okay. Mrs. Gentry told me when I was inspecting that new building over on Main Avenue that she rang the bell several times, but you didn't answer. I figured I'd make sure everything was okay. Hey, Tima, it was LJ. I stopped by for the same reason, Tima said, chuckling. Just not ready for that parade of widows and divorcees offering me those casseroles, Felix said. I heard that. Tima, that crab cake has my name on it, LJ said as he grabbed the napkin and scooped it up. You're welcome, Tima said, raising her eyebrows. This meeting must be pretty serious. You got the china and the crystal out. What's the occasion? LJ inquired. Without missing a beat, Felix spoke up. I was just telling Tima that Mama and I said she was the best Christmas present we ever received. Well, it's a good thing I came along. I'm special, too. Before I was born, you and Mom weren't even parents, LJ reminded them. Tima grinned and said, yeah, they kept practicing until they got it right with the twins and me. All of you are special. After LJ was almost two, we started the new year off with a bang with Faye, and then we ended the year with our Christmas gift, Tima. And then three years later came the twins, Felix said, smiling. Yes, but after Faye, those fireworks never stopped, LJ teased. They all laughed, and Felix said, Now, LJ, you come with your own unique brand of drama, too, you know. Yes, but my drama is funny, he insisted proudly. To some people it is. But to be fair, we messed with Faye in the past, Tima admitted. Since when did we play fair? And are you sure you're my little sister? I've never known you to give Faye a pass on anything, LJ said, laughing. Anyway, what have I done to her that's so terrible? Shall we start with your latest foolishness, Felix asked, when Faye hosted the family reunion last year? Okay, she asked me to bring some dessert, and I did, he said, defending his behavior. You brought chocolate-covered ants, Tima reminded him, grinning. They're a delicacy in Brazil, LJ pointed out. We're not in Brazil, Felix reminded him. 
It would have been fine if you just hadn't told people what they were eating, Tima said, shaking with laughter. Well, they asked me. LJ reminded them, and by this time, all of them were laughing uncontrollably. There weren't enough bathrooms in the world for people to run to, Felix reminisced. Till this day, she's mad at me about that. I'd sooner get a presidential pardon than forgiveness from her on that one, LJ said. Mama thought it was funny. She laughed when Tima wasn't looking. They all grew quiet, considering their painful loss. Together, Felix and his children sighed. Oh. Did you hear something? LJ asked. Stop playing, boy, Felix admonished him. No, I, for real, Dad, I thought I heard the bell. He got up and opened the front door where he came face to face with his sister Faye. Hi, sis, he greeted her and hugged her before she could react. Hello, LJ, she said flatly and then said, Why are you here? I need a reason to visit Daddy. Why are you here? I took the day off. Besides, Ben Gentry said his mother told him that when she rang the bell, Daddy didn't answer. So I decided to look in on him. I spoke to Franco earlier and told him I was on my way over here so he may show up. Am I on neighborhood watch? Felix asked. People care about you, Dad, Frenchie replied as she walked to the door before LJ could close it. Franco told me that Daddy wasn't answering the door, so I told him I'd meet him here. And here comes Franco pulling up in the driveway, LJ exclaimed as he waited for him to get to the door. Whoa, we've got a full house here today, Franco said when he entered the house. I guess we're having a mini reunion, Tima said as she hugged and greeted her siblings. Then I'll get some food, LJ volunteered. They all looked at him with suspicion and Faye said, oh no, you won't. He laughed and said, no, no, really, I'm not going to get anything wild. LJ, don't play with me. They warned him as everyone else began to laugh. I promise, I promise, LJ tried to reassure. He winked at her as he left through the garage door. Come in here with some roasted crickets and see what happens. They yelled after him. You see, this is the problem. You all laugh at him so he thinks he's funny. I don't have time for his foolishness today. Let me call Copper Canyon in order. God created delivery services just for these occasions. Call and then we won't even have to go get it. Oh, Faye, lighten up. At least he's sober, Franco said. Amen to that, Felix agreed. She rolled her eyes and said, I guess that is a plus. I can't believe you're saying that, Franco. Since you seem so concerned, I'll go with him. I think I might have blocked him in the driveway anyway. Franco replied as he caught up with LJ outside. Felix changed the subject. I feel like a king. All my girls are here with me. Dad, do you want some more sweet tea? Tima asked. I believe I will. Faye sat by her father and looked at the photo album. There's all of us at Cousin Betty's wedding. I was the flower girl and Franco was the ring bearer, Frenchie recalled. They reviewed the picture albums until they were interrupted by the delivery of the food from Copper Canyon. LJ and Franco arrived minutes later with seafood from the wharf. Faye carefully opened the boxes LJ brought in as though she was waiting for something to jump out. LJ laughed. There's nothing in there that's bad. See, all I bought was whiting, crab cakes, coleslaw, and potato salad. I made sure of that, Franco assured his sisters. Before they began to eat, they joined hands and Felix blessed the food. Father God, we humbly come before you to thank you for all that you have done for us. Please continue to keep Dottie in your tender care, and we thank you for your support during these trying times. We know 
that with you in our midst, nothing can tear us apart. We appreciate the opportunity to break bread together again. Thank you for the hands that have prepared the food and made it possible to get to the table. Amen. Everyone said amen in unison. LJ said, dig in, everybody. And then he took out an unopened bag and said to Faye, would you like to try this? Ooh, here we go. I knew it. I just knew it. No, thank you. I don't want it, Faye said definitively. You're not going to get me this time. Okay, but that means Tima will get first dibs, LJ said mysteriously. Fine with me, Faye said. LJ, what are you up to? Tima asked. Now, once Tima gets the gift, you can't take it from her, he warned. No problem. I don't want it, and if Tima's smart, she won't take it either, Faye retorted. Tima, would you like to open the box? LJ said with an enticing twinkle in his eye. Please say yes. Take one for the team because I don't want him harassing me, Frenchie implored. That is the conclusion of part two of The Red Box. Kate Rockland in Falling Like This wrote, In my family, strange is relative. The Littletons have had some unusual experiences. Get unleashed and share one strange thing that's happened in your family. Join us next week when Chronicles Unleashed throws the spotlight on celebrity siblings who, like Tima and Faye, have struggled in their relationships. Invite your friends and family to come join us and become Unleashed. We only get paid when we get played, so hit us up every week. Special thanks to Mixkit and Michael Ramirez C. for the Chronicles Unleashed theme song, Scripted Life. This is Donna Edwards signing off, reminding you that every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. There is hope for us all.